Hi, my name is Ian Khan, and you're listening to the Innovation Times Podcast. I am a technology author, speaker, and an advocate for everything good that technology brings. A part of my work is running the Innovation Times Podcast and bringing together people from various aspects of the industry and talk about how technology is affecting the way that they perform their jobs, their functions, and how they're leading their organizations to change that's propelled by technology. As part of my podcast, I interview people from all segments of the industry and different verticals as well. Welcome to Innovation Times. Hi, this is Ian Khan with the Innovation Times podcast. I am at ASA 2017. This is the biggest show in the association's world where everybody who's remotely related to an association is here. Our keynote speaker today was Nilofer Merchant. She's a leader in her own world. She talks about some crazy ideas, and literally, I mean crazy because they can change the world. Her idea is about the onlyness of people. Nilofer, tell us about onlyness and why this idea is so passionate for you. Why do you talk about onlyness? So the first thing is onlyness. I coined the term. And I'm normally not a person who makes up words. Um, I usually make fun of those people. But I wanted to find a way to characterize that value is really, value creation was coming from this place in the world where only you stood. And that every single one of our onlys could finally count because we could do distributed work and we could actually gather up the different onlys into a really powerful enough force to change the world. Now, when you talk about onlyness, it has I believe a lot to do with people mm -hmm. and how does that connect with what's happening in our world with respect to technology? Does technology has anything to do with it? Is technology good for onlyness? What's the connection between these? Well, the, the biggest thing that we've changed, seen is that if you are once and only and, uh, and had a particular idea, your chance of finding the other people who cared about that same idea as passionately as you were low because we were limited by geography or education or all these other things. So technology plays a key role for onlyness. It's the second part, right? It's that connectedness. How do you find the other people who care about the same things as you? Today you can use Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, change.org, like all the different ways in which we can actually go, if I care about it and do you care about it, can we organize in a way that's really meaningful? Amazing. Now, there's a lot of work that, that we see uh, authors, thought leaders, thinkers doing. Uh, the way we are looking at today's time and era, yes, we talk about you know, the fourth industrial revolution and we talk about innovation and change and the digital economy. These are all big words that average people really are intimidated with. And I say average because a lot of us, people like myself and every other person out there, we're average because we don't know everything about everything. So a lot of this information is overwhelming. How do you come up with the idea of onlyness or how can I uh, have that inside of me when I try to understand the world around me? It's funny, I, I, uh, I, you know, I coined the term because I was watching so many people get ignored in our society. Ordinary people. Um, because maybe because of the color of their skin, maybe because they were really young and a group full of people who are used to talking to middle-agers or really old in a group that thinks only young people know what to do. There are a lot of onlys that are essentially dismissed. And the reason I cared about it is because it seemed like if we don't tap into that talent base, then we don't tap into all the ideas our economy needs. 
So it's actually a, something that's accessible to every single one of us and is the most basic unit of value creation, you know, the, the fundamental that you can then build off of. So do you have a recommended approach that, that we all should take uh, when we talk about loneliness and we talk about uh, individual value creation. And this topic is very uh, close to my heart. Uh, I have a book called Meaningful Conversations, Value Creation in the Era of Digital Disruption. And I talk about what are all those non-technology things we're supposed to do that create value in today's era of technology. So what is your code for us in terms of, hey, this is what we should be doing in terms of the step-by-step -step approach. Is there a code that you have? Well, I, I, so I wonder if you're teeing it up. So I just finished writing a book <laughs> where I researched 300 examples in order to find the 20 that I would feature in the book. And what I was looking for was the repeatable patterns of how do people scale onlyness. Uh, and that involves how do you find the other people, how do you signal, how do you seek, how do you have common frameworks, how do you have good dialogue, how do you have trust, all, it's, it's almost like building one level after the other so you can figure out how to not just figure out what you care about, figure out how to find the other people who care about the same thing, but then to act in concert so you can do really meaningful things. So, so that's one piece. Um, the other piece that I want to just click down on is, um, there is such an opportunity today for us to live out of our passions. And in fact, I would argue maybe it's the only thing that we have going for us because the work that's going to be left in the next 50 years is going to be work that requires creativity, individual judgment, and creative ideas. And so what are we going to do? We're not going to need machines to do that. If we can't use machines to do those things, humans need to do those things. This is our call to action to actually step into the world with our fullest self. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And uh, with the emergence of more technology, what, what I see from, from where I am is that although technology is very overwhelming and we can't understand everything one single day, there's a lot more that we have in terms of human potential that we neglect every single day. And I think these are two different things, adopting to new ideas and practices and then realizing that you've got so much potential. Tell us more about this research you did and you talked to a ton of people who did you talk to and what did you ask them that prompted you to um, come up with this piece of research and the subsequent book? Well, so um, back in 2012 when I was first trying to name this, I was trying to figure out how to describe that value creation was shifting from a talent model that required capital or organizations to actually make a difference. And that's when the idea of onlyness really came about. But one of the things I hadn't answered then was how. So if you're a person with an original idea, how do you figure out how to claim that idea, find the other people? And that piece was so missing for me. And I thought actually it wouldn't be that hard to figure out, but it, it turns out it's actually quite hard because even the pioneers of people who are doing this distributed work in this way don't know what it is they're doing that's causing them to be successful. So that's why it took me uh, several years longer than I planned to, to, to find the decodable part. I want, will want to share one fact I learned that I think is really helpful. It turns out that 61% of us um, show up and belong in a way that's hobbled, meaning uh, we fit in more than stand out with our ideas. And that means that we're leaving most of our ideas outside the door of where we work. So it could be, uh, you know, 61% was the total number. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised to find out that even uh, people that we consider the dominant cultural narrative, so white men, still do it, still find a way to figure out how to fit in rather than um, be themselves. And it was a story of a young man who said, um, I don't want to tell anyone that my family really matters to me because I don't want my coworkers to think I'm not committed to work. Or it was, it was stories of people who were basically 
um, hiding things that, that really were true to them, which meant they showed up as a shell of a person instead of the full person. And that means that we're denying the passions and ideas, certainly, of that person. One thing that uh, comes to my mind is, uh, from an employer's perspective or an organizational perspective, is how today's organizations and companies, whether it's a startup, it's an established uh, you know, Fortune 500, is the way they traditionally have engaged with their employees. And this is the, you know, the thread of value creation is, is within all of that. How have they traditionally done that and what should they do it? I personally find a huge disconnect between the two and it's the time where engagement has a completely new meaning when you're trying to retain talent, you're trying to hire new talent. Um, you, earlier you talked about uh, uh, you talked about hiring new talent and how people are looking at their careers. Tell us more about that in terms of what should employers do or what should organizations do to kind of create that culture if, if culture is the thing they need to create uh, in order to have value creation at, at its best within, within their four walls. So the first thing is, you know, we talk about it a lot in the talent field about how do we build like a really broad interest of people instead of just people who look like the same people who are inside our organization. And yet, quite often when we get those people, let's say we find them, then uh, we often don't know how to bring them in in a way that helps them. So the, the big insight I found out when doing all this research was a lot of us uh, show up at work and we get pointed out for how different we are from the people we're joining versus um, how similar we are. So for example, there was a, a entrepreneur named Kimberly Bryant who had graduated from Vanderbilt University as an engineer. She'd gotten two really unbelievably strong engineering jobs and then showed up at DuPont and her manager, when introducing Kim uh, as a woman in tech, instead of saying, this is Kimberly Bryant and here's why she joined us and here's why we're so passionate about her skills or something that was really true for Kim, what he instead said was, this is Kimberly Bryant, with her, we got a twofer. And what he was pointing out was that a black woman in tech is such a rare entity. And he made it sound like it was, I don't know, like checkbox, yeah. you know, lottery or something. Yeah. And, and what that process, when someone gets brought into a firm like that, it focuses on everything that makes them the other, instead of what it is that can actually connect people. And so I think that's the biggest mistake we're making in recruiting and building teams is we're focusing on differences instead of commonalities. And commonalities that matter based on what we care about, not just that we look alike or have the same language or the same you know, root experience or something. Absolutely. Uh, now we are at ASA 2017. This is really the biggest annual conference of the associations world worldwide. A uh, lot of people, I think we have about 5,000 plus attendees here and it's one of the, you know, the bigger uh, of the series uh, that's taken place recently. In terms of helping associations and, you know, you're funneling down to so many individual members, you're talking about millions of people who are part of associations. Does the associations world need to think or rethink how engagement works, the idea of onlyness and how it pertains to people when they are members of some kind of a particular society, uh, in this case associations. How does that play a part in this world? It could be that associations are actually the model that other organizations might want to borrow from. Meaning associations are gathered around something that people care in common instead of money, which is but not really the reason most people belong to organizations, it's because, oh, we have something in common. What can we do more with that? So that we're not even just talking about what do we have in common as an accountancy or a, 
you know, uh, I just met a guy who focuses on MRI kind of technology, um, and he runs an association for that. But but they have more than that, right? So in the case of the MRI guy, he said we want to focus more on care and less on the healthcare industry, and we want to change that. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. That could be a way that you start to form affiliations uh, in a way that's much more forward-looking than yeah. how we've traditionally done things in the past, which is, do you have a job? Do you have this, this checklist of experience? We might want to organize around what do we actually care about. Excellent. Two more questions, and I know you have a, you have a short schedule. The first question is around, what is, the, what is your advice to not just, not just individual contributors or organizations or associations, but keeping in view the disruption that technology is bringing uh, at many different levels. And sometimes, uh, you know, we see that people are more connected because of technology, but then they're more isolated because of technology. And there's these two different camps, uh, you know, communications has brought us together and the world is a smaller place and we can travel faster and so on, but we're all uh, hooked up to our apps and we're just spending that time on our apps and we don't talk to people who are around us, right? There's two, these two different angles. To so your point about conversations being so important. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what would you think would be the idea of onlyness, keeping in mind this is what's happening in the world right now? How can we squeeze out every drop of value so that we are helpful to each other? We're building a community, a society, a country, a nation, a world, and, and really not changing uh, not creating products or not creating revenue, as you said, or, or just the financial element of it, but how can we change the world? Now, this is a big thing. How can we change the world by that idea of onlyness? So just your final kind of words for us in terms of, hey, start here, and then this is where it'll take us. I think the, the fundamental truth is this. Each of us wants to add our little bit to the world, and yet a lot of us find ourselves not knowing how to add that bit. And, uh, and yet there's no question to me that we need fresh perspectives and, um, and certainly new ideas because in those could be the answers to all of humanity's problems. And so I really want to figure out how to tap into that 61% who believe that they don't belong to the world in a way that's relevant, that keeps their ideas outside the door and figure out how to invite them in. Yeah and encourage us to actually figure out how to get all our ideas to the table because that's what's going to solve not just personal problems and social problems, but it will give us dignity again in a time when we can actually um, you know, understand our worth comes from just what we have, not, not something else outside of us. Absolutely, and uh, rightly said. Uh, where can we find more information about you and where can uh, our, our listeners and viewers look you up and you know, find out more about your work. So home base is my website, nilafermerchant.com, N-I-L-O-F-E-R-M-E-R-C-H-A-N-T.com, and then books and all sorts of blogs and videos and everything is all there. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Nilo, for really appreciate your time. Thanks, uh, And the keynote, it was really uh, great to listen to you. Uh, for those of us who were unable to do that, you can access it potentially online at a later stage. Uh, and thank you so much for being part of our show. Thank you. If you're confused about the current state of technology and the impact that it has on the world, then you are at the right place. My name is Ian Khan. I'm an author and a technology speaker who focuses on the value created in the current world. I talk about ideas, thoughts, and value creation in general that helps us propel ourselves into a future that's driven by technology. The Internet of Things 
blockchain, artificial intelligence, cloud, are all means to create value. Technology, in general, is an enabler for positive business outcomes. If you're confused about the outcomes that technology can create for you, then you're at the right place. For more information, you can always visit me on my website at www.iancon.com or follow me on social media on Twitter at IanConLive. Let's change the future by creating a value, nothing else. Let's just change the future by creating more value. That's what I stand for and that's my message. Oh